0: Welcome back to the RV Texas Y'all podcast. I'm Stacy. I'm Tom, and we're RV Texas Y'all.
1: We are native Texans and full-time RVers who are all about exploring the great state of Texas and beyond one campground at a time. We're on a mission to experience life, not just live it, and we're bringing you along for the fun.
0: Today's podcast is recorded at Red Bay Downtown RV Park in Red Bay, Alabama. This is Episode 7.
1: And this week, we're sharing our recent experience at our second FMCA convention, which was in Perry, Georgia. We're going to share some tips that we've learned along the way about attending big rallies. Our Texas tidbit this week, well, we're going to talk about... Texas State Parks, opening to normal capacity, and what does that look like? And in the ABCs of RVing, Tom is talking E for egress. So sit back, relax, and join us as we RV Texas, y'all. everyone else, we are really excited that Texas Parks and Wildlife recently announced that they were returning the Texas state parks to normal capacity. While we are excited about the parks reopening fully, there are some points to be aware of. So in this Texas tidbit, I'm going to talk a little bit about what normal capacity really looks like in the parks and what we expect to see from our parks going forward. First, let's talk quickly about what admission to the Texas State Parks has looked like over the past several months. Since reopening after the COVID closures, the Texas State Parks have operated at limited capacity, like everyone else. This was true of both day use and overnight camping. Advanced reservations for visiting Texas State Parks became required, and many reached their limited capacity early in the day during the summer, holidays, and on weekends. Camping reservations had to be made in advance, but were only available 90 days ahead, and only a portion of the campsites were available. Visitor centers, public areas, equipment rentals, and ranger programs were extremely limited or closed altogether, and group size was strictly limited. With their recent announcement of returning the parks to normal capacity and normal operation, Texas Parks and Wildlife has stated that the group size restrictions are being lifted and most parks will return to normal capacity for day use and camping right away. However, many of the parks use the downtime of limited capacity to work on project improvements and some of those projects are not yet completed. Others like Balmaray and Galveston Island were already undergoing major renovations and this will not change their availability. For now, Balmaray remains completely closed and Galveston Island State Park is limited to Bayside access. By the way, we spent November through February just a few miles from Galveston Island State Park and they were working away over on the beach side of the park. It's undergoing a complete renovation and original plans had that side of the park to be closed until 2022 with the Bayside remaining open. We're excited to see this finished project. Maybe when we're in Galveston next winter, we'll keep our fingers crossed. There are other ongoing projects affecting some of the other parks. Some have partial closures or limited facilities due to flooding or like Lake Brownwood State Park, storm damage from winter storm Yuri. Others are currently limited due to street issues of all things at Copper Break State Park, the Comanche Camping Loop, which is the RV loop, The equestrian camping and the primitive camping are all closed as we record this podcast due to a road closure. Then there are some very popular parks like Pertinalis Falls State Park that are increasing capacity more slowly. As we release this podcast, that park is open for camping every night, but is limiting day use visits to Wednesday through Sunday. Some of the parks have started offering ranger programs again. Some have not. Some will offer access to visitor centers, exhibits, and equipment rentals. Others are holding off on that for now. Seminole Canyon State Park is offering small group tours again with advanced reservations, but camping in the park is currently unavailable due to repairs that are being made. It's best to check directly with the park you're interested in visiting to see what will be open and available to you during your visit. Don't assume one park based on another. Longhorn Cavern is currently offering cave tours now, but Kickaboo Cavern is not. I also want to talk quickly about, quote, normal capacity. A lot of folks hear that and they think that means that reservations are no longer needed and they can just go back to showing up at the park at their choice at any time. And while I can't say that's not true, I have a feeling it's going to be a bit more complicated than that. Even before COVID entered our lives, the more popular state parks had become setting park capacity limits. Once the park hits its limit of visitors in a day, no more visitors are allowed to enter. And of course, with COVID restrictions and the new park reservation system that came online a couple of years ago, advanced reservations became a bigger deal. And while it may cut into our ability to be spontaneous, I'm actually okay with park capacity limitations in a way. And let me tell you why. Back during the 1980s and 90s, My extended family used to celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, and family reunions at Brazos Bend State Park. It was the park most centrally located for everyone to come together on a Saturday or a Sunday. So one Easter we planned a picnic and hike at Brazos Bend, but as we began to get near the park, I saw lines of cars on the sides of the road and folks sitting roadside having picnics. As we drove into the park toward the headquarters, Lines of cars all up and down the entry road with folks in the fields, and then in the park, well, let's just say I've never seen so many cars or so many people in the park. It was absolutely crazy. Bumper to bumper, shoulder to shoulder, picnic baskets everywhere. Yogi Bear would have been really happy, by the way. While everyone we saw seemed to be having a good time, I can say with certainty it wasn't the experience that anyone expected when they set out for the park that morning. There's such a thing as loving a park to death, and on that day, I understood that 100%. It took us forever to find the rest of our family amongst the crowds. I tell this story to explain that normal capacity these days doesn't mean unlimited capacity. And after being limited for so long, I have a feeling that folks are ready to get out camping, hiking, fishing, and relaxing. So even though the restrictions are being lifted, I wouldn't aban- abandon the advanced reservations. If you want to make sure you can visit your favorite Texas state park or check a new one off your list, it's a good idea to schedule your visit. As of right now, you can make day-use reservations up to one month in advance and camping reservations five months out. So make those plans, get outdoors, because life is better outside.
0: this week's ABCs of RVing, we're on the letter E. E is for egress. Yes, and that's pretty fitting since egress is your emergency exit. There's three E's right there. Egress, emergency exit. And typically, it's in a window. But now lately in some motorhomes, they have some egress doors that are emergency exits. However, I think in many of those motorhomes, they also have an egress window as well. You really need to know where these things are located. And they're usually marked with a big old sticker that says emergency exit or in a red exit, or it has a red handle or lever. And, you know, every, occasionally you might want to try to open this up. Now, you do need to be careful because if you push it open too hard, these windows are made to pop out but it's nice to every once in a while make sure the the rubber gasket around it hasn't just almost sealed itself so you can't open it you know you want to make sure you can open it but just open it up slightly and then you know okay i'll be able to get it open and shut it again um and and know how to use it you know because This is a thing that you hope to never really have to use, but if you have to use it, you want to make sure you know how to use it. So, it's typically going to be a window like in the bedroom um, or a a door in a bathroom, and you know, know how to use that. Some of these egress doors are a little different, too. Some have a little ladder that pop down in them that you can go down the ladder, ladder, and some of them are just a door that you hop down to, but... Again, that's your emergency exit, so you're gonna, you know, need to know for sure how to operate that. So remember, E is for egress.
1: This week, we're going to be sharing our recent experience at the FMCA convention, which is a huge rally recently held in Perry, Georgia. But before we get into that, we are in Red Bay, Alabama. Yes, sir. We are outside of Texas.
0: Yep. This is the home of Tiffin Motorhomes.
1: And if you've been with us on YouTube, uh, then you probably know, or if you've visited our website, RVTexasYall.com. We, for the last three years, have owned a Tiffin Breeze. For the last two and a half of those, we have lived, worked, and traveled full-time in our Tiffin Breeze 31BR. And that is the shortest diesel pusher, I think, even today on the market.
0: Absolutely.
1: It's a 31 and a half foot from nose to tail. And we come through here once a year to get all of our annual maintenance done. And, uh, and a few things tweaked here and there. Absolutely. It's a great little town. We love the people of Red Bay, so we're excited to be back. So, let's talk about the FMCA rally.
0: Yeah, this was our second one, by the way. And, and uh, of course, this was their first one since the pandemic. They had to shut down their uh, the one... Right before this, it was supposed to be in Arizona, I believe.
1: Correct. Well, last spring was supposed to be in Arizona.
0: Right. Um,
1: and then they were going to hit. They tri- typically, FMCA, y'all, stands for Family Motor Coach Association. Uh, but it is not just motorhomes, it's open to all RVs. And they have one of the things that they love to do is twice a year they have these big rallies. They call them conventions. And when I say big, I'm talking thousands of RVs.
0: Well, everywhere from about. Well, this time there was around 1,300 or so, up to, we've heard as many as almost 8,000 rigs at at one convention. Incredible,
1: and they normally do one in the spring uh, that is somewhere down in the south, in this case, Perry, Georgia. Last spring it was supposed to be in Arizona, but of course they had to cancel due to covid uh, and then in the summer, they usually do one up north somewhere. Uh, the last one, actually, that was held was summer of 2019, and we were there. That was Minot, North Dakota. Yeah, we were there with your mom, Grammy Kay. Yes, we had a great time, and that was our first FMCA rally, FMCA convention. Uh, this summer, it's going to be in Gillette, Wyoming, and everyone who has been to the Gillette rallies before for FMCA has said is fantastic. So, uh, if that's something that you're interested in, we're happy to share more about the experience. We're also going to share some tips that we've learned in the last couple of rallies. Um, so now that you know, I guess we should talk about what is an FMCA rally.
0: Well, I I would call an FMCA rally a huge RV show that has entertainment and incredible seminars. And a lot of great interaction with other RVers. I mean, but it is a big RV show. I mean, you have all the things that you have at an RV show, but uh, push the mega button. Because <laughs> you have a lot more um, uh, seminars and uh, a lot more vendors. Um, and, you know, there's RV dealers there with coaches. There there were even RV dealers, an RV dealer this year that had used coaches as well
1: yeah and that was very interesting they brought a bunch of them across country and Um, there
0: was a company there with fifth wheels yes there was Uh, alliance Alliance rb was there Mm -hmm. yeah and they had uh i don't know five or six fifth wheels they brought with them and then
1: you've got big vendors and small vendors uh this year
0: blue ox was there
1: roadmaster was there Um uh uh, Gerard, uh, make awnings and, and a lot of different things, you know, they were there.
0: They had an incredible display and I'll tell you, they had this neatest deal, which is brand new. They've just kind of invented or come out with is a, uh, a TV box container that goes on the outside of the RV, obviously that hopefully they start selling to some of the RV companies, the manufacturers, that works with their gerard awning deal so it there's no lock on it whatsoever you use the remote from your gerard awnings to to actually press the button and open the tv compartment and you know it makes a lot of sense because today tvs in some of these rigs are too high mm-hmm. and you when you open up that compartment you may need to get on a ladder or whatever to bring it down <laughs> for sure. And so that's why they've come up with this. And it was really cool. He gave us like a personal demonstration of that.
1: It was really, really neat. Uh, you know, there were some folks there that do RV renovations and changes. Solar, Brighter Industries was there. Our friend Avanti
0: yeah. uh,
1: from Indiana, she was there with, her, uh, with Brighter Industries talking about solar and battery upgrades, lithium and that type of thing. Uh, so, just a really, really great source of information. We absolutely love the seminars.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and when we're talking seminars, we're talking seminars that, like Cummins did a seminar, and it's a representative from Cummins that's there. So, and I mean, a major representative, like a person that's in charge of Cummins USA, selling selling the Cummins engine Two RV dealers, or not dealers, manufacturers. So they have serious knowledge. And the seminars,
1: in that case, it wasn't a sales pitch. It no. was maintenance tips, yeah, right? it was
0: maintenance tips, and they also did the Onan generator. And again, uh, you know, Cummins owns Onan now. So you have the manufacturers of these products to be able to – ask questions, listen to what they say they tell you how to maintain them and how the intervals the intervals of maintenance and stuff which is always a big question mark when it comes to diesel pushers and stuff everybody's asking well how how often do I need to get my oil changed and that kind of stuff. so it they really are neat the seminars are worth going to and heck there's other types of seminars too they aren't all just, just about that stuff oh
1: yeah there's travel seminars there's crafting uh uh gatherings where you can learn a certain craft yeah um there's all types of activities entertainment meetups ice cream
0: socials yeah the uh, uh, free donuts in the morning Uh, donuts and coffee most of the mornings they had donuts and coffee you come in You get your donuts, you get your coffee, you sit down, and you listen to the maestros.
1: And the frustrated maestros, (laughs) they are awesome. They are musicians, many of them uh, retired band directors, choir directors, uh, singers, um, and they perform each morning at the Donuts and Coffee, and that's a ton of fun. And they perform uh, other times throughout the the week as well.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we don't want to forget course that's entertainment oh, wow. right there but they also offer a lot of other entertainment. I mean at night they had some major acts that come in. We got to see a, a hilarious comedian. Mm-hmm. Um and they had some singers. Uh, yeah. They had a country western singer one night and then another night they had uh, a band that played a lot of I guess 60s and 70s, 70s
1: funk and so forth. Yeah, it was great. And you know and and, and my not when we went um, They had, uh, we saw Sully, you know, the captain uh, who landed the aircraft on the Potomac
0: River. He came and spoke. Yeah, and the night before that, they played his movie.
1: They usually have a movie night as well. Right. So That's
0: right. Yep, and they did this time. They had a movie. We didn't go, but they did have the movie night. And they they also had what what we missed because we were going to seminars and stuff, but they had a magician that entertained in the middle of the day.
1: Absolutely, and and so he was middle of the day in Perry, uh, middle of the day entertainment, and Minot was a storyteller, and Grammy K yeah. loved him. She went to every one of his sessions.
0: Yeah, she, I mean, and that's what's really cool, too, about these, uh, the big FMCA rallies. There were three of us in Minot, and and we all three went to different things. I right. mean, yeah, you could split up easily and then get together for lunch or whatever, but your mom, Grammy Kay, went on to do her own thing. Oh, I we, mean,
1: yeah, she was, she was just always going to something. She, karaoke?
0: That's right. They had karaoke, and, and she was ruling that karaoke she, And my Grammy,
1: Mom is karaoke queen, yeah. so that was right up her alley. <laughs> so, yeah, we love these FMCA rallies. They are such a ton of fun, not only for, you know, yes, you can walk the accessory booths and find things that you never knew you needed, but suddenly you have to have. <laughs> yeah. You can get uh, work done on your RV while you're there. And
0: some of that you can schedule ahead of time. That's right. You know, they let you – uh, they send out emails and stuff about scheduling with some of these vendors that are going to be there. Yep. And, you know, if you need, uh, like, your awning worked mm-hmm. on or maybe maybe you want to put some awnings in right. while you're there, you can schedule that. And then, obviously, Roadmaster and, and Blue Ox, mm-hmm. they do service and stuff during the rally. And, yeah, there's a lot of them. And so – you could get stuff done. That is pretty cool. I mean, I don't think that's uncommon in rallies. I think these like a Tiffin rally or a Newmar rally, they also, you know, will do little maintenance items and stuff, but I think what's kind of unique is you have so many of the accessory companies there that can do maintenance and stuff for you. So I think that's kind of unique and that's where, you know, it's such a big rally. So many people are there. Um, So, that is pretty neat, but I want to make sure that we point out one of the things I loved about this rally, and I know you did too, is the people we got to meet.
1: Oh, my gosh. We met, y'all, so many great folks. Oh,
0: it's it's unbelievable. I, and I will say, we have an advantage over most. I mean, if, if people have ever watched one of our videos or listened to our podcast or read our newsletter or been to our website— and then they see us, and they want to meet us, and that's awesome. We love that, and and I mean, I don't even, I lost count. We, there were so many folks that that uh, came up and said hi, and and you know what we love is we get their story. You know, we get to learn a bit about you. You know, when you come to us, um, you know who we are. We, uh, we don't know who you are at all, other than maybe if we could figure out, that person behind the the handle or whatever the comments the comments, yeah. uh, you know that's not always easy to figure out because it's not necessarily your name. <laughs> so, but then as Stacy answers a, most of the comments and stuff on our YouTube channel, so as we get to talking to folks, sometimes I know you figure out mm-hmm. kind of who they are, and because uh, many of them we met this time had followed us for a long time.
1: And from all over the country. And so it's great to be able to see people face-to-face and put a name with a face. And, yeah, that's, that's my one of my favorite things about it. And that's why we're already looking forward, actually, to going to the next rally in Gillette, Wyoming. We're for already sure. making plans to be there uh, because that was just so much fun just in and of itself.
0: Oh, it was. And, and then, you know, and talking about meeting folks... I got to throw out there, we met some of our best friends there, too.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Met that, up with some folks that we like to travel with, and and uh, that, that just makes it a ton of fun, too. Yeah. because and y'all you can, have
0: maybe seen them before on our videos, Scott and Deb, yeah, Ronnie and, and, Carol. and Carol. yeah. Um, and, you know, we got to spend a lot of good quality time with them and uh you know that's always awesome absolutely you know, as full time rvers what's really cool is you can meet up with people all over the country you know in different places of the country so it it's almost like a different experience each time and you know that that you know i really treasure that that's one of the best things of the full time rv lifestyle is is you know we don't always have to meet down in texas we we can Meet in Perry, Georgia. We could meet in Gillette, Wyoming. You know, and that's that that's so special. And then also uh through AIM. Oh, yeah, the All-Inclusive Motorhome Club,
1: which is another organization that uh, was there and always is supportive of FMCA.
0: We had a couple dinners that they did. They they cooked for a bunch of folks, and that was really, I mean, it's awesome. They, they, uh they entertain a lot of folks. That and was
1: a that was a lot of fun. Live music,
0: live music, uh, uh, an open bar, dancing, dancing, food. I mean, and and really a great group of people. And we met several people just at those get-togethers at night. Yes, and I think their aim goes to most of the FMCA rallies, if not all of them. Well, they
1: were at my not. And they were in Perry. Yeah, so, so if the you two see we've it, been to, they've yeah, also been to.
0: If you see an AIM tent there, you know, go up, introduce yourself, and come on for a meal. If they're giving a meal, they they you're welcome. They say and. Hey, tell them RV Texas y'all sent you.
1: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? You know, you'll also have fun little carts driving around of folks passing out donuts, for example, or margaritas, maybe. <laughs> <depending>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I never got the margarita. We
1: never saw the margarita cart, but we heard all about it. <laughs> so, okay, so we've talked a little bit about what the experience was like both in Minot and in Perry specifically. But let's talk about some tips on uh, attending a big rally. And these would be good for even non-FMCA rallies. If you were going to go to a large rally, here are some things to consider. But we're going to talk about specifically FMCA, because that's what we're familiar with. Okay, so they always have camping available on site for everybody who's attending the rally. You can go on a day pass if you want to. But if you want the full experience, I really recommend taking your RV and participating in their parking. They have everything from what they call general parking, uh, which is where you can run your generator during the day, but otherwise you're dry camping. Um, They have a non-generator area where you're dry camping without generator. Uh, They have a dry camping 24-hour-a-day generator area. Um, And then they've got areas typically, depending on where they are, they're going to have some spots that you can have uh, 30-amp hookups or 50-amp hookups. Sometimes you might have opportunity to have a city water connection. Sometimes, and this was the case in Perry, there were some sites that had full hookup capabilities.
0: Yeah, and with that, if you want hookups... A tip here is you need to register early when they put this stuff out because those full hookups or the hookups in general, whether it be a 30-amp hookup or 30-amp full hookups, you if you want to get one of those, book early on the rally um, because they are the things that tend to go the quickest.
1: That's right. And, yeah. you know, you need to look at the weather for where you're going. And in, in Perry, it did get a little warm on some of the days Um, so if you're not really comfortable with that, or you don't have a a good generator, or you know, what have you, maybe you want to spring for that. Uh, at least 30 amp hookups, they do cost more money, um, but it might be worth it to be more comfortable.
0: Yeah, just to tell you the difference for everybody is Stacy and I, we basically boondocked, right? We we got in the area where you were allowed some generator access, not 247. but some generator during the day, you had to turn it off at night. Um, we didn't even run it that much. I mean, we love boondocking, so it was no big deal for us. But our good friends, they opted for 50 amp, mm-hmm. and they didn't have water or sewer, but they had 50 amp hookups, so they didn't have to worry about power at all.
1: Exactly. And so, you know, on those warmer days, we would come back, Middle, before it got too warm, and we would turn on the generator and run the ACs for a little while to cool things down. We want to make sure Star and Astro, obviously, were comfortable. Uh, but, you know, in Minot, we really didn't have that issue. It really wasn't warm, even though it was summer.
0: Yeah, you know? it, was, it wasn't as much of a deal in Minot. But, you know, I still, me personally, I, I love the boondocking part of it anyway. So, to me, that's part of the challenge, and I like it. Um, I, I, you know, but there's people that feel more comfortable with full hookups. And, and that's I understand. always, oh sure. And yeah. that's
1: always an option. Um, most of them are not going to have water connections depending on where they are. They typically have them at a fairgrounds. Uh, and sometimes they bring in the extra generators to give the extra power. Sometimes getting city water to folks is a little more challenging depending on the location. So, You know, a lot of times you may not have access to city water, so you want to, you know, it's always a good idea. Here's another tip. The night before uh, you're going to show up at the rally, stay somewhere. Find a campground where you have full hookups that's fairly close by, say within an hour, hour and a half or so of the rally location, so that you can make sure that your gray tank and your black tank are empty and your freshwater tank is sanitized and full before you go in to do your week of dry camping, if that's what you're doing, or not even maybe dry camping, but camping without water connections. Well,
0: so also remember that when you're going to be using your fresh water tank, you know, make sure that's sanitized. Right. You know, if you haven't sanitized that in a while or it's been stored for a little while, you need to sanitize that tank before you fill that up and and live off that fresh water tank because there's going to be bacteria in that tank. So... Just remember, you know, before you go, if you have to sanitize that tank before you fill it up and you go in and you should be okay. But they also, just to let you know, they do have a honey wagon that, that you can pay for that'll come around that if you absolutely have to have your tanks dumped, uh, you can pay to have someone dump your tanks for you and fill up your freshwater tank.
1: Absolutely. So that's that's readily available. You can just go sign up for that, and they'll give you something to put in your window, and then they just come by and take care of that for you. There Super is a easy. fee, though. There is, there is a fee. There is yes. Yes. Um, so another thing I would say is um, if you are going to be dry camping, though, and you are going to be using your generator, you want to make sure you have plenty of fuel for that generator before you arrive.
0: Yeah, you might want to hit the – hit like we did, we we stopped and and, and fueled up, with diesel oh it was about 15 minutes from the place right so so when we went in of course we had full fuel and you know so we were okay with the generator but you know we like i said we really didn't even have to use the generator that much but just in case it's nice to have the fuel because once you're parked you're parked for
1: the for the pretty much for the duration uh because there's going to be people walking, there's going to be, you know, it's not going to be easy to move your rig out of your parking spot once you're there. So you want to make sure you have everything you need for your rig before you arrive.
0: Right. So obviously if your generator's propane too, you need to get propane before you come in. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely a big tip I would give is to bring comfortable shoes. We talked about these events being held at fairgrounds. They are typically massive. There's a lot of walking. There's a lot to see and do and you don't want to miss out on any of it. Now they do have typically shuttle buses or activity carts as they call them which are basically golf carts that drive around the property picking people up with volunteers and taking you to where you want to go. But if you want to see all of the exhibits and and all the booths you're still going to be doing some walking so you want to be comfortable uh so you want to make sure that you've got those uh those shoes that are going to get you where you want to go
0: yeah if you want exercise you will get exercise (laughs) that's
1: Uh, for sure (laughs) but you know
0: what this is what I call fun exercise because you don't even realize you're exercising things are spread out quite a bit which brings me to another point and another tip is at before the before it starts, the day before the rally actually starts, they usually give guided tours. Yes. So look for when they're doing that and where they're doing that. And it's a good idea to take one of those guided tours so you know where everything is. Because, you know, these are fairgrounds, so they're way spread out. So when you're looking at your app and it tells you to show up at, at the sheep building or whatever, <laughs> you know it might be nice if you know where that is, and and so they'll take you around and they show you where, you know the vendor the vendors are going to be and where the seminars are going to be, and so it it's helpful to to just do that ahead of time, and then you kind of you won't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off.
1: Exactly. That we've done that in both locations in Minot and in Perry, and it was it was helpful both times. So that's a great, great tip. Uh, kind of going back to the parking situation, when you're coming in that day, we have found by sitting there and watching folks arriving, it seems that the busiest times for arrivals are around lunchtime and in the afternoon. So we like to try to arrive in the morning.
0: Yeah, that's why it's nice to get stay at a, at a campsite pretty close to that location so you can get up early in the morning and, you know, be one of the first to arrive if you can. Get there early, and then you can be set up and sitting back and uh, drinking a cold one and watching everybody else set up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. You'll be the folks in your lawn chair, you know, <laughs> just sitting there applauding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you, and then you have time, too, uh, to just relax. Like Tom said, get your bearings on the place. Maybe explore a little bit on your own. I want to say, don't forget to explore the local area while you're at one of these rallies. You know, Perry, Georgia had some really great mom-and-pop restaurants, and so did Minot, North Dakota. The fairgrounds were not far from those locations. They also had very walkable kind of Main Street, down to historic downtown areas that were really neat to walk around and explore and had we just stayed at the fairgrounds the entire time, we would have missed that opportunity. That's
0: for sure. And when Stacy says close, in this case we ate at one little mom and pop restaurant that was awesome, very inexpensive, seven tenths of a mile away. We literally could have ridden our bikes there. That the or we could have walked. The the and the second restaurant we ate at was really incredible too. And it was in the old downtown area, and it was within, I think, a mile and a half of the fairgrounds. So, really, everything was close. And, yeah, we had two spectacular mills, um, you know, outside of the fairgrounds.
1: Yes, I absolutely. So, make sure you take some time. To get out with your car, have a tow vehicle with you or have some friends that have a tow vehicle so that you can take some time also to enjoy those outside areas. Um, you know, one thing I would say, too, we talked about uh, booking early if you want your, uh, your, your hookups and things at the rally. But don't forget to book the campsite where you're going to be right before and maybe even right after the rally early as well because remember there's going to be a lot of RVers in the general vicinity and it may get tough to find a spot if you wait too late to book those campsites. Yeah, that's for sure. And then other things you might want to bring each day as you go into the rally, a pen and a notepad, sunscreen, water bottle, bag or backpack to carry all the information you're going to pick up. Hey, how about
0: bring some extra money because I got to tell you (laughs) there are some good deals there were deals that we found at this rally. Like we bought a blue Ox, a new Blue Ox um, tow, bar. tow bar, and we got $300 off that thing. And when we went to Pender, Nebraska to the manufacturer, it was going to cost us $300 more. So it was a heck of a deal.
1: Absolutely. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Stop at the vendor booths and see what they have, because you never know what you're going to find. So we hope to see you in Gillette, Wyoming. I'll put links in the show notes for more information about FMCA and the rallies. We'll see you there. Thanks for joining us, y'all. For more on what we talked about this week and to find other episodes, visit the podcast page of rvtexasyall.com. Subscribe to the RV Texas all podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to join us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RV Texas all Until next time, safe travels and happy camping. Bye.